the book of Habakkuk is toward the very end of the Old Testament. So if you hit Matthew, you've went too far. Habakkuk means embrace in Hebrew. Embrace. This year is a leap year. We get one extra day this year to embrace. 24 extra hours in 2024. Habakkuk was a prophet. Habakkuk's name does not appear anywhere else in the scriptures, but the Bible references from Habakkuk do. You might be surprised. A pretty short book, only three chapters, some excellent lessons to glean from. This book provides us with one of the most remarkable sections of all of scripture. You might say, really, does it? It contains extended dialogue between the prophet Habakkuk and God himself. I don't know about you, but I take extra interest when it's God talking directly. So today, it's also a milestone for me. I am going to do a two-part series on this book. There's just too much to say in one message, even for me. So I... I was cramming, and I was just like, this book's so good, this book's so good, and then I'm like, what am I doing? We can only digest so much, right? So we're going to have a two-parter. Very exciting. So Chuck Swindle wrote, oh, you're probably all relieved, like, thankfully, she's slowing down, thankfully. Uh, Chuck Swindle wrote about this book in the Bible. He said, even when the northern kingdom had been destroyed in 722 B.C., so think about that. The northern kingdom had been destroyed. God's people remained in Judah. However, with another powerful foreign army on the rampage, faithful people like Habakkuk were wondering what God was doing. Habakkuk saw sin and knew that God was holy. How could he sit back and just watch and do nothing? Hadn't he given the land to his people? Would he now take it away with this imposed army coming for them? Habakkuk's prayer of faith for the remainder of God's people in the face of such destruction still stands today as a remarkable witness of true faith and undying hope. And that's the end quote of Chuck Swindoll. Faith and hope are so vital for our lives vital for 2024, vital for every 24 hours we get, faith and hope. What is faith? Reliance, loyalty, complete trust. Faith, reliance, loyalty, complete trust. Hope, confident trust with the expectation of fulfillment. I love that, with the expectation of fulfillment, we hope, with confident trust, the expectation of fulfillment. So faith and hope. This prophet had questions for God. The title in chapter one is Habakkuk's Complaints. The times in Habakkuk one seem just like today, as I'm read, I was reading it. Injustice, lawlessness, sin, wickedness, violence. Why don't you do anything, God, he asked. He says in verse two, I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. How can you let evil continue? Do you know people that love to argue and fight? I've known a few. So I'm going to read Habakkuk 1, verse 2 through 4. And think if this sounds like our times today. 
Habakkuk 1, verse 2 through 4. The title is Habakkuk's Complaint. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence, I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see this sin and misery all around me? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and useless, and there is no justice given in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, and justice is perverted with bribes and trickery. Doesn't that sound like today in many aspects? There is not a lot of justice. There are lots of bribes and trickery and perversion, and there are less less righteous than evil. Then the Lord replies in the very next verse. The Lord replies. God has a plan, and he shares it. His plan is to send in the Babylonians to invade Judah. So I'm going to read the next two verses. The Lord's reply. I love that. He has a complaint. The next verse, the Lord replied. Look at the nations and be amazed. Watch and be astounded at what I will do, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. I am raising up the Babylonians to be a new power on the world scene. They are cruel and violent nation who will march across the world and conquer it. They are notorious for their cruelty. They do as they like and no one can stop them. The Babylonians were fierce. They were bent on violence. They do as they like and no one can stop them, except, of course, the Lord. He can stop them and limit their destruction. They are conquerors. They are the most aggressive army at that time. They are cruel. They're violent. They are decimating. They're conquering. They're killing. And God can still control the degree of destruction that they're going to cause and use this for his purposes. He's still in control. Whether it does, when, even when it doesn't make sense, God is still in control. Amen? Amen. He is still in control, even when it doesn't make sense. He can use whatever he wants, whenever he wants. It's all his, right? Faith, something, he says, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. That's the Lord's words. His ways can be so surprising. Several verses stand out in this book. We'll look at some today and more next time for part two you'll hear some very familiar themes that it would probably put a light bulb, it did for me. Habakkuk 1 verse 11, their own strength is their God, the Lord replied. And Ryan kind of touched on some of this last week with the Lord's Prayer. I thought, how cool, they kind of are um, woven together. So it says in verse um, Habakkuk 1 verse 11, their own strength is their God, the, re- the Lord replied. The footnote in my life application Bible for Habakkuk 1 verse 11, such is the essence of idolatry, asking the gods we make to help us get all that we want. The essence of idolatry, asking the gods we make to help us get all we want. Habakkuk 2 verse 18 and 19, the Lord says, 
What have you gained by worshiping all of your man-made idols? How foolish to trust in something made by your own hands. You ask speechless stone images to tell you what to do. How terrible it will be for you who beg lifeless wooden idols made of gold and silver to save you. Get all we want and make our own deeds, our own strength, our own achievements, our confidence. Their strength is their own God. Found that very interesting. The wording was like just shot, like shot out of me. Their own strength is their God. I want to be careful what I put my trust and hope into, what I put my time into. My reliance is on him and for his service. Any trust in something man-made to save me, to fulfill me, to trust in is utterly lifeless. Utterly lifeless. That really is the essence of Christianity. Asking the God who made us and everything to help us to give all we can in service back to him. The goal of idolatry is self-glory, self-glory, self-glory. The aim of Christianity is God's glory, God's glory, God's glory. Self-glory versus God's glory. It's quite night and day difference, isn't it? Idol definition in my Bible, worship of an undeserving object. God is so deserving of everything. He is my idol. He is my God. But worshiping an undeserving object is idolatry. Sin and evil is definitely self-destructive. Have you ever had self-destructive patterns in your life? It's just naturally built in. It's self-destructive. The wages of sin is death. Habakkuk 2.5, the proud and arrogant are never at rest. The proud and the arrogant are never at rest. Habakkuk 2.5. Rest isn't given to everyone. The proud and arrogant are never at rest, it says. Rest is so vital. Jesus rested. God rested on the seventh day. Pride is one of the seven sins the Lord detests. Proverbs 6, 6, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, haughty eyes, pride is number one. It's number one. Just like saying, I am number one. Pride, the letter I is in pride. So we know that haughty eyes, pride is number one. The rest of the list that God hates, a lying tongue, because God is truth. Hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord among brothers. It's nice to know the list of what God hates, right? You don't want to do it. It's like if you have a spouse, you know what they don't like. You, I want to know this list. What does God hate? I definitely don't want to do it. So Judah, God's people, are going to be punished by the vicious hands of the Babylonians and they are doing so much and a whole lot more from than Judah from the list that God hates. Habakkuk writes to tell the godly remnant in Judah to comprehend God's ways with regard to their sinful nation and its approaching judgment. Other prophets in the Bible would speak to the people and get revival and get them to change. 
but Habakkuk, and get them to turn back to God, but Habakkuk is helping the godly as, as Judah is going to be punished by the Babylonians. It's a very interesting book because it's different than most. Habakkuk 2.4 is the main verse. The righteous will live by their faith. The righteous will live by their faith. Habakkuk 2.4. The righteous will live by faith and not by their own understanding and rejoice in the Lord, even in uncertainty. In fact, that's the best time to do it. That's what made Habakkuk a legend. In the face of uncertainty, the Babylonians are coming. They know they're going to probably get wiped out. They're scared. And he says, the righteous will live by their faith. Our faith, reliance, loyalty, complete trust is in him. Habakkuk ends the book with praise and faith that even with judgment, God will show mercy and carry the righteous through. Why does a righteous God wait so long to punish evil? And why are our prayers not answered as quickly as we would like? Habakkuk asked the Lord, is your plan to wipe us out? It's a fair question. It's fair. The Babylonians aren't one to show mercy. They have a deep need. There, there is fear, uncertainty. What they're going through is very real. God's going to use a group even worse to punish them? That wasn't what Habakkuk had in mind at all. We like to do that too. I think we do. Her sin is more severe. His sin is less. We have these imaginary scales where we think we know who deserves punishment first. Oh, his is farsh. God needs to get that person. Mine, I'll, I'll get there. You know, we, I, we have a lot of mercy and grace for us. But we have these imaginary scales where we think someone deserves punishment first. It's like our human nature, I think. Um, and we usually don't think it's us first. And to be corrected by someone in a group that's even more grievous, that was hard for Habakkuk to understand. Charles Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll also said, the book of Habakkuk pictures a frustrated prophet, much like Jonah, though Habakkuk channeled his frustration into prayers and then eventually prays to God rather than trying to run from the Lord as Jonah did. We only have three chapters. He goes from complaints to the Lord's reply to more questions to then we'll go on to what he does. But we only have three chapters. And he channeled his frustration into prayers and eventually prays. Habakkuk's heart was in the right place. Help me understand, Lord, this does not make sense. He embraced what they would have to face. And notice he doesn't ask to escape it. A lot of times we're like, no, 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 God, just escape. I just, I, I don't want to have to deal with this. He knows they're going to go through judgment. He knows Judah has turned their back and they're wicked and they need correction. He's not asking for escape. Frustration and questions, waiting perplexed to praise, peace, 
and then legendary verses that the Apostle Paul expands on in several New Testament passages. We have just three chapters in Habakkuk and the words left a mark on what real faith is and looks like. I like when the Bible is so tangible. This book is so tangible. He, he, the steps are pretty clear on how to turn from questions to praise to faith to becoming a legend. Love it. Habakkuk has complaints. Why do you allow sin and injustice among Judah? The Lord replies, I'm working on that. Habakkuk has a second complaint and more questions. Habakkuk then waits for God to answer in the watchtower, a purposeful mission. Habakkuk 2.1, I will wait until God answers me. A separate place, an attitude of expectation. Sacrificing his time and his energy, he says, I will wait until God answers me. What a good position. I have questions, God. I'm going to wait for you for your answers. I don't understand. I'm scared. I'm fearful. It doesn't make sense. I will wait, and I will put myself in a place where I'm waiting on you. I love that. That was a, that was a great place for me to go, yeah, I will wait on you, Lord. I will wait. We talked last time about how Saul didn't wait and how destructive that was. When we wait on God, he answers. We have as much of God as we want. I say this to myself all the time. We have as much or as little of God as we want. I want 2024 to be an attitude of expectation. Joyce Meyer said, the hungrier you are for God, the happier you are going to be. A watchtower, probably alone, Habakkuk wants his answers, his questions answered, and he waits. God answers Habakkuk twice. Habakkuk 1 verse 5 and Habakkuk 2 verse 2. And guess what God tells him? Write down on tablets the revelation. Habakkuk was also told to write on tablets just like Moses. Moses gets all the credit from hearing from God and writing on tablets. But Habakkuk's in good company. God tells him also to write on tablets. Did you guys know that? I know, it's cool. So Habakkuk gets told, write down on tablets the revelation I'm going to give you. God tells Habakkuk in chapter 2, verse 3, that these plans won't happen right away. There is waiting. The Lord even says, write my answer in large, clear letters on a tablet so that the runner can read it and tell everyone else. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. That's Habakkuk 2 verse 3. That might take time to tell everyone the message. I don't know how far they lived in town, Again, in the Bible, we are reminded by God directly here, God isn't on our timing, but surely it will happen. It may seem slow, wait patiently, and it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Habakkuk had to trust God would answer him twice. When it didn't look good, he had to look to God to be the merciful judge with his own timing and will and quickly remember his incredible deeds. So he gets his eyes off of what's happening and says, okay, 
I know who I'm dealing with. I know who I'm putting my trust in. So he intentionally moves his mind towards faith. He starts talking about in chapter three how God delivered his people in Egypt and how miraculous that was. He goes on and on. We'll talk another on part two about chapter three. But he goes from knowing that God's a merciful judge and who you're dealing with and his own timing and will and then quickly remembers his incredible deeds. He's not gonna wipe them out. So quick story on the side note. My job, um, which I'll talk about in part two, but my job kept getting restructured, restructured, restructured. The first couple of times, I was freaking out. And I'm like, but, but, but my boss, but you don't understand. This is, and, and I had to remember, I work for her. And once I learned she's got my best interest at heart, I've had four, maybe five restructures at this point. I say, Kristen, I trust you because I know your character and I know you are good and you'll take care of me. And in the same way, Habakkuk had to say, but, 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 I know who my trust is in. You're a merciful God. You've done all these great deeds. And he goes on and talks about them in chapter three. You've rescued our people from Egypt. You are not gonna wipe us out. I love it. He gets his mind shifted towards faith. He says after the Lord's first answer in Habakkuk 1, 12 through 13, we will not die. In fact, I'm going to read it because it's, it's good. Oh, so Habakkuk's second complaint. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, is your plan in all of this to wipe us out? Surely not. The Lord, our rock, you have decreed the rise of these Babylonians to punish and correct us for our terrible sins. You are perfectly just in this, but will you, who cannot allow sin in any form, stand idle by while they swallow us up? Should you be silent while the wicked destroy people who are more righteous than they? And then Habakkuk 3, 2. He says, I have heard all about you, Lord, and I am filled with awe by the amazing things you have done. In this time of our deep need, begin again to help us as you, fi- as you did in years gone by. Show us your power to save us, and in your anger, remember your mercy. I love that. Show us your power to save us. We will not die. We know whose hands we're in. It was a very powerful confession, building his faith by professing aloud assurance, remembering that God has done before is so powerful. So testimony in Hebrew means do it again for others. Do it with the same power and authority. Testimonies build our faith. I can't wait to hear more. Um, Linda came and shared a testimony to me this morning. It built my faith. I can't wait to hear how God works in your life miraculously. It's, it's great. So testimony means do it again for others. Do it with the same power and authority. I'm sad that Gary's not here because he says he likes my personal stories. I am not great at sharing about myself, but last week Ryan had some good stories, and I'm like, it, it, it does help. It hits home sometimes. So I'm going to share a personal story today. I didn't write it on a tablet, but it's on a Google Doc, and it's on this piece of paper. 
I mentioned before how I became an accidental elementary teacher. Nevada is ranked, as you probably know, one of the worst states in the country in education. So I was determined to be involved in my children's education. Our son's birthday is Christmas Eve, so we missed the cutoff for kindergarten. So I was kind of by default teaching him at home. I had quit my job at Caesars Entertainment. I worked at the airport. Uh, we had a hotel check-in for all of the five properties at that time. So a baggage claim, before their baggage would even come down the conveyor belt, because it's notorious that luggage takes forever at McCarran, Harry Reid. By the time their luggage came, they already had hotel keys to their room. So, and then we'd give them their hotel, their shuttle voucher, and so they were like set before they even just got off the plane. Um, I had free parking at the airport too, so traveling was lovely and it was free to park. Those were the days. But I put our son in Pastor Dave's school when the timing was right, and um, I met an absolutely incredible teacher. She um, only lived in Las Vegas for two years, and now she moved back to Michigan, and she's like a huge head honcho in the education world there. She's a principal of a huge school, but God put her in Las Vegas, and God put me right where I needed to be. So I got to work with her for two years, and I was a sponge, just grabbing everything, all of her materials. I worked extra hard, gleaming from this woman, because she was truly brilliant. I got the teaching bug. I learned every single thing I could from her, and then I went on to teach at Christian and charter schools in Las Vegas. I love second grade. So I have a pretty cool story about my last year of teaching, and it's only God only God. I share this story because he truly is remarkable. Remembering what God has done before is so powerful. So my dream was to work at a specific school in Las Vegas. I occasionally would attend a Saturday night church service there, and I would walk the halls with my daughter to take her to her classroom, and I would peek into the classrooms, and I'd see the work they were doing and um, the window displays, and it was all wondrous, just wondrous. I really wanted to teach there. It was a dream of mine. A few years earlier, I applied online, and I was rejected. A nice letter came in the mail. I remember, I'm an accidental teacher. I didn't go to school for education. I went to school for business, and I went to a Christian school, so I had tons of you know, core classes in Bible and theology, but my major was business, not education. Of course they rejected me. They want masters in education, so I got rejected. I got, an e I got a letter in the mail, and in 2018, I applied again. Rejected now again by way of email. They're smart, they saved the postage. So I was driving with Ryan one day, and a friend came into my mind. I had taught her son a few years earlier at Pastor Dave's school, and I knew she was wanting to become a Metro police officer. So I texted her, hi, Connie, you came into my mind. Are you an officer now? She texts me back, no, I didn't pass the handgun test. I'm trying again. What are you up to? I told her that I was applying for a new teaching position. She said, apply at this Christian school. I know they are hiring. I told her I did, but I got a rejection email. She answers, my sister-in-law is the principal. I will tell her about you. She tells her sister-in-law, the school's principal, that I taught her son, and she said, wait, did you just say Jana Martinez? 
I printed out her resume. I woke up praying about her specifically last night at 3 a.m. I can't get her out of my mind. Her resume is on my nightstand by my bed. I got a call from the principal. I found out later she went to high school with my brother-in-law. I was hired. I was hired. I could not have put my name in her prayers. I only, only God. I had no idea she had a sister-in-law as the principal of the exact school I dreamed of teaching at. During the interview, I told her, I applied, but I received a rejection email. She explained that the system sends those out automatically if you don't meet all of their desired requirements. God was working behind the scenes for me. I could not have taken my resume to her home. I could not have woken her up at 3 a.m. to put my name on her lips, praying about me. Only God can orchestrate that in his perfect timing. The story still builds my faith today. Nothing is impossible with God. Even two times rejected denial letters didn't stop my hiring. God puts you right where you need to be. Waiting, yes. Your timing, no. Your ways, no. It is his ways, and it's always, always, always superior. Can you imagine if I would have tried God's way myself? First, I'm going to print out my resume. I'm going to break into her house. Then I'm going to wake her up at 3 a.m., make her say my name, and force her to pray about hiring me? Like, trust in the wisdom of God's ways. Confidence, you're in the right hands. The principal and I were bonded after that. She would have had a restraining order against me the other way. I was teaching Bible every single day with my third graders. I had worship music on. I taught an after-school Bible camp because I love God's word. God knows what he's training you up to do. I taught chapel for the entire preschool and the elementary twice for the year. My daughter got to attend there um, as a student in fifth grade. The school I dreamed of. God is so good. So God's words in Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.4, look at the proud, they trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by their faith. In Habakkuk 2, my footnote reads, the Lord stated that a time was coming when all the wicked would be destroyed, and the only people not shaken would be the righteous, those who are related to God by their faith. Habakkuk was right where he needed to be. The hearts of the righteous are turned toward God. The righteous want fellowship with God and to obey his will. We don't just sit there. We actively live by faith and trust and hope. This documentary movie director, he was on a podcast recently, and he said he had a journal where he wrote all of his ideas down. And he accidentally left his beloved journal on, his Air, on the Air Canada flight. He was so disappointed. He's calling out on the podcast, if anyone was on that flight or any, anyone who works at Air Canada, can you help me please find my journal? He was so disappointed. All his creative ideas, all his notes were gone. All his contacts were gone. Writing things down is so valuable. That was God's idea. Habakkuk 2.2, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that whoever reads it may run with it. We have a whole Bible to run with. 
which I love. Think about that. If I'm running with my whole Bible. Make your revelation plain on tablets so that whoever reads it may run with it. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. I want to read it because it's talk about run with it. God, and that was over God's words. Write it down on tablets so that whoever reads it may run with it. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27. Remember that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. You also must run in such a way that you will win. All athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run straight toward the goal with purpose in every step. I am not like a boxer who misses his punches. I discipline, discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. The righteous will live by their faith. Look at what we have in the New Testament. This is where this Bible just weaves such a beautiful tapestry. Romans 1, verse 17 in the NIV. You're going to recognize what it says. For the gospel of righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Wow, where did he get that? Galatians 3, verse 11 in the NIV. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. But wait, there's one more. Hebrews 10, verse 37 and 38 in the NIV. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Those were God's words to Habakkuk. But my righteous one will live by faith. Where did Paul get this? From Habakkuk. From written tablets from God. And I said this last week, this happened again. So Pastor Dave sends me his uh, sermons on YouTube. He sends Ryan and I. And I take a look. Guess what he was reading from in the first one minute? Hebrews 10, verse 37 and 38, Habakkuk's words. Habakkuk is a legend. He deserves more credit than he gets. My daughter thought I made up that Habakkuk was in the Bible. I said, I did not make it up, Kylie. It's in there. But I was like, of course, God, of all verses. I, I did a search, which I'll talk next part two, but there's over 30,000 verses in the Bible and when someone has the exact verses I'm speaking on in the exact same week, I'm just like, God, you're awesome. Like, this keeps happening to me again and again, but I just wanted to share it. How funny that Pastor Dave's also talking about faith, and he used Hebrews. And of course, I had to text him back, Habakkuk's a legend. Those are Habakkuk's words. But he's probably like, okay, thanks. But um, <laughs> it's just too awesome. So... Paul uses a lot of what Habakkuk said because he was a legend. He lived by faith when it didn't look good. So Matthew 17, 20 through 21, Jesus told them, I assure you, 
even if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would be moved. Nothing would be impossible, even when it doesn't look good or feel good. Faith as small as a mustard seed. It is your faith in the unknown, through fear, through doubt, that you are placing your trust in the one true God. Continue daily to remember his power in 2024, his power to save, to protect. The righteous will live by their faith, their faith in provision, their faith in healing, their faith in restoration, reliance, loyalty, complete trust, complete trust. Mustard seeds offer a wide range of science-backed health benefits. That's right from the internet. Listen to this. Incorporating these flavorful seeds into your diet can help reduce headaches, improve digestion, support health, your heart health, strengthen your bones and teeth, benefit your skin and hair, delay aging, provide antioxidant protection, and control blood sugar. That's all from the internet, so... That's my label on it. But I just thought, what are do, do mustard seeds have benefits? I know, you know we use whole grain mustards as condiments, but how fascinating. Faith as small as a mustard seed. It's probably all that Habakkuk had at that time. What? And so the, today I brought some, and I just want to, I want to pass one out at the end. But at first, I filled these jars packed full. And I thought, wow. Here's my jar for the year, and I packed them full. And um, I thought, what is my life full of? If it was emptied out, is it full of mustard seeds? Is it full of faith? My daughter has a job, and we went to lunch yesterday, and it's her first job. She started getting anxiety. And she's like, Mom, if they put me on bathrooms, I'm going to scream. That's my fourth time. The bathrooms are disgusting. It's a Saturday night. It's a trampoline park. It's gross. I said, Kai. God is good. You give your cares to the Lord, he'll take care of you. Whether or not you're cleaning bathrooms tonight, God is good. But it's like I was trying to put faith in her. She didn't get bathrooms last night. In fact, her boss called her in. And he's like, hey, Kylie, have you heard? She said, no. He said, we're going to promote you. You're going to be at the front desk. She'll never have to do bathrooms again. But it's like, what is our jar filled with? And I, could you put that picture up? Um, I first loaded them full. There's the mustard seeds, here's the jars, and I was packing them in. And then, of course, it does, it's not as poignant. Do I have faith as small as a mustard seed? And I was thinking, what are we filled with this year? Are you filled with complaints? Are you filled with negativity? I want to be filled with faith. And all we have to have is small as a mustard seed. It's tiny. Nothing is impossible with God, Nothing. There is great power and even a little faith when you trust in God's power to act. Faith as small as a mustard seed. Maybe that's all you have today. Maybe you want to grow in your faith this year. I know I do. I want to give you guys each a glass, a glass bottle. Put it somewhere you're going to see often. Mine's on my kitchen counter. And then remember Habakkuk. Each bottle has more than one seed in it on purpose. I didn't fill them to the brim. But per, if you have some requests, I'll take it home and I'll fill it up for you. I was making these in my kitchen, and these tiny seeds were falling all over my counter. In fact, transporting them today, I had a few casualties. I'm going to have to go find a few mustard seeds in my car. 
These are tiny. They might not look so small, but when you drop them in your carpet, on a counter, good luck finding them. They are tiny. With all these health benefits I just read from the internet, maybe you'll want to eat a few of the extra seeds, or maybe you want to plant a few, or maybe you want to share this with your grandkids, your kids, your neighbor, anyone who's in, in a struggling time. All I need is faith as small as a mustard seed. Habakkuk had to live by faith. His words and his obedience made a huge impact with his example. Huge. Paul's quoting him three times. Let's live by faith in a greater way this year. Habakkuk part two is coming, and it gets even better. So we'll pass them out towards the end, and then, um, I don't know how, we'll just, whenever, if you guys want to come up at the end and grab your mustard seed, and all of them have different numbers. I was not about to count three, five, six. So if you like a bunch, grab one that has more. And I have more in a little um, side. But if you want to give one to Diana, if you have friends that aren't here, if you want to make a house call and just say, the message was just living by faith. And I just want to share this with you because I have faith. I pray for Diana every single day. By faith, God is a healer. By faith, I trust you. It's not in my timing. God, you are in control. It's getting our eyes off our problems because you're going to have tons of problems this year. It's just like shifting, shifting, shifting. So please take one, take as many as you want, as just make sure we have enough for each. But uh, I said, babe, uh, Ryan, do you want a mustard seed jar? He goes, no, I'm okay. So I'm not forcing you to take one, but I find them so faith-filled, and they're just, it's a message on faith and Habakkuk, and like I said, we'll, we'll dive more into it next time, but let's pray. Lord, thank you for this book. Thank you for this Bible. Thank you that we can run with what you have shared. You've given us hope and faith and and unknown situations. We know you are known. We know we can trust and um, look to you for everything, God. You are the faith we need in a living God. And I just ask that you would build our faith this year. Let us grow in faith this year. Let us get our eyes off of us. Let us not have any idols in our life. And let us just worship you with everything we have, God. Bless this community. Bless every single person here and meet their needs. Miraculously, God, testimonies again and again of your faithfulness, God. You are amazing. We worship you and give us a powerful week. And uh, bless your people today, Lord. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right.